to Realise, a podcast series exploring major global challenges through the eyes of researchers in the arts and sciences. In this first series, we meet researchers at the University of Liverpool, working together across multiple disciplines to gain a deeper understanding of the critical role played by Indian cities in negotiating contacts between India and the rest of the world. The Envisioning the Indian City project poses such questions as how does a city function as the focus of cross-cultural exchange in colonial and post-colonial India? What is the nature of the marks left on the identities of these cities as a result of such exchanges? And in what ways have they shaped the urban space across geographical regions and throughout history? Professor Nandini Das, Dr Ian Jackson, Dr Ian Magadira and Cleo Roberts talk here about their first encounters with India. My education in Renaissance European and English literature, which is my wider specialism, began in India, in Calcutta in fact, which was the heart of British India and is still in many ways the first place that comes to mind when people talk about the British in India. Over the last few years, one thing that increasingly fascinated me was the largely unexplored and untold story of the earliest European and English contact with India, before the East India Company was even established. I think first impressions are conditioned by previous knowledge, and so sometimes they're a little bit naive. For me, it was that Dickensian aspect, what I imagine Liverpool to have been like in the 19th century, that pairing of great wealth with great deprivation. But I was heading towards uh, one of the former French trading posts, so I suppose that the model for me was uh, was Balzac. And when I arrived at the Research Institute, uh, there were the repeated little pleasant shocks of hearing so many brown-skinned people like myself speaking French. My first impression of India was um, one of shock, really, and, and also awe and wonder at the place. I was fascinated by these huge megacities and, and how they operated, but nothing really could prepare me for getting off the plane and walking through the streets of Delhi for the first time. I was quite overcome with the sights and sounds and smells that that confronted me. But it's also a great place to travel around. It's friendly, it's it's easy going and and it's good fun ultimately. I have a family tie um, through my um, mother who used to work there um, in the textile business. And when I grew up, she had these silver bracelets, which would always jingle. She wore them continuously, which she collected from her travels. So that instilled this fascination with the place. And I went when I was 18 and taught English um, at the point between Tamil Nadu and Kerala. A lot of work has been done on colonial and post-colonial India. But the power dynamics of this much earlier period was quite different. The initial idea for Etik emerged from that, a wish to interrogate the established narrative, which often tends to privilege conflict and contest between Europe and India in that period. But it's necessary, I think, to give voice to the moments of conversation and exchange as well. Rather wonderfully, it has led to real conversation and exchange in the present too. As a UK academic working in India, I tried and failed to make contact with colleagues in Indian universities. But having Jadavpur as a project partner on equal terms with the University of Liverpool has just opened so many doors. It's been a revelation, quite frankly. And I finally got beyond the facade and I'm collaborating both with postgraduates and colleagues there. For Pondicherry, it'll be showing you how magnificent heritage buildings fit into that uh, chessboard plan. 
of the city. And then I'll be stepping back and taking a look at people looking at the cityscape. In particular, looking at Chandigarh and the housing schemes there. I've been looking at the poorer worker-type houses and also these vast modernist villas. And I'm, I'm trying to investigate who would live in a, an Indian modernist house like this. How, how were they produced? How were they designed? And what do they mean to people today in India and in Chandigarh? How could that be a symbol of uh, a growing uh, Punjabi state? I'm going to be talking about the Portuguese in 16th century Goa and the ways in which marrying Indian women changed Portuguese cooking, drinking and even practices of personal hygiene. My city is being looked at through the lens of what I would deem the pre-city. So it's the river that allowed the city of Calcutta to develop. So I'm looking at that as a spacer encounter and how that is effective and affects the greater land. I'm a, uh, a scholar of uh, uh, French language, French literature and, uh, and history. And so for me, it was about uncovering um, a hidden history, a uh, history uh, of the French presence in India. And basically what we offered was a, a corrective to the view that, um, that India was an Anglophone and English-speaking space in its colonial period. And um, we tried to offer a, a correct, corrective to that to show that there were peripheral voices, other voices present in a, in a multiple history of India. In this series I'm going to be looking at the city of Chandigarh, um, its history, both its genesis and how it was designed, but also how it's changed and morphed. Um, how have the housing developments changed? How were the schools used? Are they successful? How are the public spaces misused as well as um, overused today? And how do people shop in Chandigarh? Sort of a holistic view of everyday life in this experimental modernist city. Well, we've got quite a few research outputs um, coming out um, at the end of the project, including a collected edition and a source book. But one of the most interesting things that has evolved um, almost organically out of this project with additional funding from the university is um, a pro pilot study for a virtual reality app for mobile phones, which will enable people to use this app and access historical photographs held in the British Library archives um, of Calcutta when they're in particular geographical sites within the city. And that will be layered with multiple other multimedia resources like soundscapes, fragments of oral history, memories of people talking about those particular buildings or streets, um, and also, of course, literary references, both English and Bengali, um, that brings the city alive. The Envisioning the Indian City or Etic project, as we call it, has been running for almost two years now. But the seeds were sown quite a long time before that, I think. Ian Magadera from Modern Languages, Ian Jackson from Architecture and I, we were all founding members of the Liverpool India in the World Research Centre. We had all worked for quite a long time on India-related projects independently. But we wanted to do something more cohesive together with partner institutions in India. The joint UK and Indian government funding for the ETIC project through the UK ERE scheme allowed us to do exactly that. So collectively, along with our 
doctoral student Cleo, we are looking at four Indian cities across history as spaces of encounter between India and Europe. Goa in the 16th century under the Portuguese, British Kolkata in the 19th century, French Pondicherry in the 19th and 20th centuries, and Chandigarh as a new post-independence Indian city. In the next podcast, we travel to Goa, where we will hear from Professor Nandini Das about the representations in text and art produced by early European travellers.